Welcome to The Real Classroom Show. I'm your host, Kristen Walter, and this is the place where we talk about all things profitable in the real estate professional world for agents, brokers, and everyone in between. Now, if you don't know about The Real Classroom, it's a place where real estate agents and broker owners go to learn about how to increase profits while saving time and stress. We are a community of people committed to serving and empowering others with our unique gifts, and we all strive to have a work-life balance if there is such a thing. Best of all, we help each other find the courage to take it to the next level, whatever that looks like for you. Today's episode is all about money, the lies that we tell ourselves about money and how to overcome them. One of the biggest, 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 biggest lies that I have told myself my whole life, not just around owning my own companies, but around everything, is about money. Money, money, money. So the first money lie that I told myself around owning my own company, my own real estate brokerage, but also being a real estate agent, was that I needed a very nice car. Now, let me back up a little bit. I think in many circumstances, this could be true. If you're in a luxury market and you have a certain type of client, I think this could be very true because I am in a luxury market in the mountains in a rural resort area. Our average price point right now is a million dollars. I think this could be very true for a certain set of clients. However, personally, I have worked in my own market and not had the nicest, newest, most expensive car. But it was a lie that I told myself for a long time. And once I got over the lie, I was I sold even more multi-million dollar homes. So here's how I did it. So first of all, I had heard a story about Warren Buffett. And if you type in lifestyle of Warren Buffett or billionaire lifestyles, there's a ton of stuff that'll come up on the internet or even frugal billionaire. Now, Warren Buffett has a net worth of $85 billion. That's with a B. He got a five-bedroom house in Omaha in 1958 for $31,500, and he's lived there ever since. He doesn't spend money on electronics. Supposedly, he doesn't carry a cell phone, and he supposedly he doesn't have a computer at his desk. And although he could afford whatever car or cars that he wants, he has a Cadillac XTS that he probably paid $45,000 for. So when you think about this idea of being a frugal billionaire, we could tone it down a notch for those of us that aren't billionaires and just say, we're frugal, we're good with our money. And when I heard that story about Warren Buffett, that he didn't drive a nice car, it blew my mind. And so I thought to myself, if the people that I want to attract into my business as my clients are good with their money, and I started talking with them more about how they came about getting their money, 
Most of them did not spend money on nice, fancy cars. And now, mind you, I'm in a market, a real estate market, where it's second homeowners. And so my second homeowners and my market typically have a high net worth. They have saved their money. They've worked their whole lives. They place an importance on experiences and vacations. They've made their money through their jobs, but they've also used real estate as a vehicle for wealth. And so their actual car vehicles, they might not have the nicest, fanciest because that's never going to be an asset unless you own a limousine company or you own a, a car dealership. Your car is not your asset. It's always going to be something that's on your debt uh, side of your balance sheet. So when I heard this story about Warren Buffett, it blew my mind. And I thought to myself, well, how can I present well as a real estate professional and not blow my money on my cars? And basically, the answer is you just need to keep it clean. And now that was hard for me. Um, I've got a dog. You know that. I talk about my dog all the time. And we go roughing in the mountains and walking and hiking and all kinds of stuff. We're muddy. We're snowy. We're icy. We're rainy, whatever. And we jump back in the car and that's that. But before I put a client in my car, I would clean the heck out of it. And then I would also say, hey, I have a dog. If you're allergic, maybe we need to ride separately. And a lot of times they'd say, no worries, I have a dog too, you know, whatever. And so there's that. And then the other thing you could say, if you don't want people getting in your car, is you could say, why don't we ride separately? And then that way you know how long it's going to take to get where we're going. And it familiarizes you with the area as well. So you could say that. If the people who you are taking around make you feel uncomfortable in one way or another, or if you feel like they want to have their own alone time between themselves, I think it's a great suggestion for you to say, hey, why don't you follow me? Now, another reason that you could give them for not getting in your car is you could say that you want to be able to make phone calls to the places that you're going to see or phone calls to the other agents of the places that you've already seen and you want them to be able you want your clients to be able to focus on what's going on in their own car rather than listening to you work. There's another reason that you could ask them to ride separately. And I have heard of some agents who they have an insurance policy that says they're not supposed to take around people who have small children. So they're not supposed to put small children with car seats in their car for their business. Now, I'm not suggesting this. I'm just saying this is what other people do. I've always welcomed people into my car, but I give them the caveat of, hey, it's I've got a dog. It's as clean as it's going to be. If you're allergic, you know, let me know and we can ride separately. But there's a bunch of different ways around telling people that you can't have them ride in your car and that's okay. But I think that it's a lie that you need to stop telling yourself. And I think that it's a, a lie about I need a nice car to be a broker owner. That's another dumb lie because you're spending your money on other things that actually make you money. And yes, the car makes you money, um, but it doesn't have to be shiny flashy. Um, and so one of the things that I have always said is that my cars have aged well. I've paid them off. I've just kept them really clean 
And when people come into my car and if I think they're starting to make a judgment about my car or if we don't know one another well enough, I just say, I love this car because it's paid off. And that impresses a lot of people because even my million dollar buyers are like, wow, you know, that's great. You've paid your car off. You don't have a car note. You know, I think that's impressive. Um, So maybe in some cities, this might be an issue. But again, it's hearkening back to how people feel when they're with you is if they know and feel that you care about them and that you're going to take good care of them. And this goes also for not just clients, real estate agents in your car, but if you're opening your own brokerage and you're trying to attract other agents to come work for you, this goes for those agents as well. Agents that come to work for you need to be in alignment with your values. And if your value is having a shiny, beautiful, expensive car, then those are the agents you're going to attract if that's what you want. But if your value is that you like to pay your cars off or keep them clean or you're not spending money on your cars, you're spending money on other things, then those are the agents that you're going to attract. And so that's a lie that you need to stop telling yourself around money is that you need a big, shiny, flashy car because all the other broker owners are doing it. Well, maybe they are, but maybe they've been in business for a long time and they can afford that. And that's part of their overall plan and their overall budget. But it's a lie that I need you to stop telling yourself because you don't need a nice, beautiful, shiny car to become a broker owner. That's not something that just boom, I have a nice shiny car, I'm a broker owner. Or boom, I'm a broker owner, I have a nice shiny car now. No. I do think this is a a cultural paradigm shift that we can change for ourselves now that we're in a different uh, century. Maybe back in the day you needed a nice, bright, shiny car to attract good agents, but now I don't think people care, and especially where I'm at. If you have a nice Subaru or a Pathfinder you know, something that's four-wheel drive and can get you up the mountain, that's all people care about and that it's safe. So um, just take a look around in your city or your area that you live in and see what kind of cars are driving, people are driving and, and go with that or just go with what you like. Now, the next lie that is even bigger than that one, and maybe I should have started out this podcast with it, but uh, is that you need a lot of money to start your own brokerage. So a lot of people think, oh, it costs tens of thousands of dollars to start my own brokerage. And my answer is just a flat out no. This is where the free budget worksheet that I have created comes in for you. I would say if you're pinching your pennies and you include the education piece, the educational requirements for your state or your province, you could probably start your own brokerage tomorrow for $1,000 or $1,500. I think that if you were trying to be careful and be a little bit bigger minded than that, you would need to think between $3,000 and $5,000. And so if you sit down and write out all of your expenses to be a startup real estate agency, which like I said, I've created a free budget worksheet that has everything you need to start your own real estate agency, your own brokerage. You're gonna find that three to $5,000 is way less money 
than any other startups or any other franchises. Because listen, I've shopped around, okay? I've looked into owning my own sandwich shop as a franchise. I've looked into doggy daycares as a franchise. The minimum startup costs for franchises is out of this world. It's not just $10,000. It's closer to a hundred, sometimes $500,000. You could find some franchises. You probably could for less in the $50,000 range, maybe 20, maybe 30. But what I'm saying to you now is you don't need a lot of money to start your own brokerage. I did it for $3,000. So erase that lie, figure out how to change your mindset and just take a look at that budget worksheet. If you don't believe what I'm telling you, it's a line item spreadsheet that I have filled out for you with real life examples that are current, that I'm currently using in my business and I'm making six figures consistently with this startup cost that I have shown you on this free budget worksheet. So the expense comes with how you spend your time in the beginning. So that's where the expense comes. It doesn't take a lot of money to open your own brokerage. It takes a lot of time and effort in the beginning uh, for you to start your own brokerage and for it to make it shine. So scratch that money lie out of your head, download the free budget worksheet, and move on with getting over that obstacle. Now, the other story, that, the other lie that people tell themselves that makes me laugh is, and that I've heard it time and time and time again, and it happens when we're in a booming economy. It never happens when we're in a recession, but people see how much money they think that we make when we open our own brokerages and when we sell a lot of real estate. And they say, oh, I'm going to get my license. Oh, I'm going to open my own brokerage because that money is easy. That money is so easy. They're making, they're killing it on those checks. I know I can do that. Okay, listen, total lie. The money is not easy. This is a business, and it's a customer service-focused business. It's not like I can just turn off my brain or my business or my customers or my clients or my agents at 5 o'clock at night. If I have an agent working for me, and she's written a real estate contract, and she needs me to review it, and we know that her clients write the real estate contract on a Saturday at five because they've been out looking at property all day. I'm up until Saturday night at nine o'clock reviewing that contract with my new agent because I need to make sure that she's doing everything right. She feels confident. She's serving her clients. She's meeting the state mandated requirements for how she's filling out that contract. I'm meeting my requirements as a broker owner for supervision uh, requirements. So it's not easy money, but it it's also not impossible money. So it's a lie you need to overcome. It's like if you say to me, oh yeah, cool. I'm gonna get this brokerage going. It's gonna cost me 3000 bucks and tomorrow I'm gonna be making a million dollars. No way, no way. You're going to have to grind it out. I was in the grocery store uh, the other day and I heard someone say, oh my gosh, I had to work 40 hours a week last week. It was so tiring. And I laughed out loud. I laughed out loud. 
40 hours a week. Give me a break. I wish I could work 40 hours a week. Sometimes I'm up to 60, 80, 90, whatever things, whatever days and, and hours in the week there are, I was doing it. Because you have to. When you own a new business and you're building a solid foundation, and if it's just you in the beginning, which it was, it was just me in the beginning, I was passionate about it all and it didn't feel like work. And it was helpful to me that, look, I don't have a family at home other than my dog. So I didn't have little kids running around. I didn't have a partner that I needed to focus on. So it was easy for me to spend all that time and energy to lay a solid foundation because it was just me. So, and it was just me, you know, like doing all the marketing, doing all the systems, doing all the contract writing. So I would work during the day to service my clients. And then at night, I would work on building the brokerage and the brand itself. Uh, but still, you've got to get that lie out of your head. If you think that this is an easy path to start a business, then I think you're in the wrong mindset and you're probably in the wrong business. If you're looking for something easy, this isn't it. Um, but that's not to say that it's not rewarding. So there's the last lie. Don't tell yourself that the money's easy. I think that's not true. I think that something this great and this freeing and something that makes you feel this passionate and gives you this much freedom is not going to be easy. So those are the lies about money that I love to just crush and shatter and break your brain over. Let's get over them. The first one, you need a nice car. No, you don't. It just needs to be clean. The second one, I need a lot of money. No, you don't. Download the free budget worksheet that I have on my website. I think you can save $3,000 to start your own company, and I can show you how. And then the last one, the money is easy once I'm all set up. No, something this great won't always be easy. As always, I'm truly grateful that you're listening and I trust that you got a profitable action item as well as a shot of courage from today's episode. If you want to continue this adventure with me, please stay tuned for the next episode where I talk about time, not just time management, but the mental blocks that keep us from moving forward towards our success. I'm excited to meet you here next week. Are you interested in going on the fast track and keeping in better touch? Head on over to realclasses.com forward slash downloads to download a free budget planning worksheet that will get you on your way to starting your own brokerage or scaling the one you already have. The website will have updates from time to time as we roll out new and profitable classes to help you blaze forward in your business. Friends, that's a wrap.